Welcome to P&G's Dog Training Tips, a podcast providing advice and support to pet dog owners and dog training enthusiasts. Hosted by dog trainers Paula Stone and Georgia Selby and featuring special guest trainers from far and wide. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Georgia. Hello, Paula. You're right. I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> it's good to be back with you. We've got quite a topic today, haven't we? Oh, we have. We have indeed. This because um, this will, I think, relate to a lot of people. Yeah, whether you've got a dog or you haven't got a dog, this is a topic that everyone experiences. So we're going to be talking about success and failure, um, particularly in relation to dog training, but some of the stuff in here will translate to other situations but before we start we better do our quick catch-up haven't we absolutely everyone likes a nosy what we've been up to hey tweedledee and tweedledum (laughs) i'm not going to be tweedledum but anyway tell me what you've been up to um it's been really busy um my first day off in a couple of weeks this actually um had a fabulous uh spaniel training weekend uh the weekend before working on um introduction to people who might be wanting to go into uh working tests and what was really nice is a guy who i train with a lovely chap called dave connell uh came down and gave his experience from the trialing world um, and test world which my clients absolutely loved oh, wow. um, had a water workshop a couple of weeks before that was absolutely brilliant and just the regular groups with my different breeds and um yeah just been non-stop it's been really busy like so really chuffed like and um again just enjoying it to be honest i'm always happy when i'm busy so absolutely what about you what have you been up to just pretty much like you i mean i'm the same i'm at my happiest when i'm busy and i have been really busy so that's cool um one-to-ones have been really really busy and my groups are ticking on really well as well um awesome like you i've this is my first day off in six weeks She's saying that. That's that. Yeah, that's really bad on my part. I'm not going to let that happen again. So I'm going to manage that no. better. Um, but I had a really exciting weekend a couple of weekends ago where I was invited down to uh, Newnham Paddocks, which is the home of the Earl and Countess of Denby. They invited me down to uh, co-judge their fun dog shows. That was pretty full on. It was like ten till four wall-to-wall dogs two rings back and forth back and forth um so that was really cool yeah it was nice to be down there as well so they've invited me back next year too so i'm quite excited about that we've had our kennel club tests so we had a kennel club test last sunday everybody passed 100 percent. oh wicked i know so pleased for them i get a little bit emotional when it's like that i get so worried and then they all pass so it's great that's the second time we've had a hundred percent pass rate um yeah we had a lovely examiner called penny come over from leeds so thanks to penny so that was really cool um and we've been doing a lot of stuff on the farm so we're trying to get everything in order making sure everything's ship shape i've just rescued another load of chickens so <laughs> it's uh, just you, been... you just love it you love being hempacked don't you <laughs> um i do love my chickens i'm not gonna lie i really like the girls i get i still get really excited when i go to the nesting box and there's an egg in there i'm like oh there's an egg 
That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> as if it's a surprise. That's one of my favourite as well. So the fact that you've got that many chickens, I think I'd be very reluctant to share them. I love an egg. Do you know I've got forty-five <laughs> chickens now, so it's easy to share my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like to be fair, if you had that many eggs, I wouldn't recommend it. Probably wouldn't be the <laughs> healthiest thing or the noisiest thing in our lives, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, no. Need, definitely need to pass some of those on. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much me, really, and been ticking over with little dog. Um, Bob. And we're just starting to make our decisions about tupping and whether we're going to lamb next year and all of that stuff. So, yeah, all good. Um, so, should we dive in? Yeah, let's dive in because this could be quite a little bit of a big subject. Yeah, I think it, so it might let's be. Go let's, for it. let's see where we end up when we start rambling. So <laughs> Absolutely. We like a good ramble. That's why we decided to put it on a podcast. We thought we might as well have somebody listen to it. <laughs> uh, and I think somebody will listen to it, let's hope so. So success Hopes. and failure, they're two big words, aren't they? And we're going to be sort of unpicking first what that might mean in terms of dog training so should we talk a little bit about success first what what do you count as success do you know what success can be from the small the first thing i want to say with success is don't see success as winning something see success as the smallest thing absolutely because i think we have success in training sometimes that we don't even notice and it can be a simple thing like just your dog walking nice through the gate with you and yeah. i know that sounds stupid and some people might think it is but it's not it's actually if you've been working hard on that that is success that it started to become an achievement that you and the dog could complete the task that you've set, or just the day-to-day skills that you've wanted to teach that puppy have now become part of its learning picture and its everyday use that is a success yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm thinking when anything you've wanted to work with your dog works, <laughs> it's, that's yeah. a success. I'm having that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that could be as simple as someone knocks at the door and your dog doesn't bark, you know, if that's Absolutely. the thing that your dog's been doing before. Um, so, yeah, it can be as simple as that. Uh, one really big one that I think about is, you know, when you call your dog and they come back first time. Absolutely. I still see that as a massive success. Even years down the line, I'm like, yes. (laughs) I put so much work into that. Absolutely. And one of the biggest successes for me is, is like like you said, a recall there. If I'm ever out and about my dogs, it's just that connection that they check in with you. They want to know where you are. They follow you. That for me is a success in what I've built in my relationship that that dog wants to be with me. Mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. one of my huge well, I have, there's nothing better to me than that I've put into time into that dog or puppy and now it sees me as their world and I'm like what a success we've had on our relationship so Absolutely, that's the first yeah. thing I think should, people should be considered as success in their relationship first before anything else and like when you think about the older dogs as well one of my massive successes would, would I would have viewed to be with Lenny um, because Lenny had um poor Lenny (laughs) he'd had a terrible time and he um he was quite dog reactive and I had to do a lot of work with him for years and it got to the stage where I could walk him past other dogs when we used to train with tail waggers he'd lay down and settle in a room with 20 other dogs quite a big room it's a big hall but you know for me I didn't care really 
whether he did any of the exercises in class, I was just happy he could yeah. do that. That was a massive yeah. success for me. Um, so people yeah. who, people who go through that sort of pattern, it can be quite tiring, can't it? So you need those um, little jewels of success to keep you going, keep you motivated. Exactly, because I believe the small wins make the bigger ones greater. Absolutely. You know, it's like, I always say to, I love it now that, like, my, especially my diard, my regulars and that, when they go, oh, my God, George, he's just complete. So, like, let's say a simple one. I've got a couple of dogs who who do love to say hello to me, even on a retrieve back, because we have a really good relationship. But they even say, if that dog has gone straight back to them and ignored me, that's a huge win for them. You know, and that's such a little thing when the dog's doing such challenging things. But little thing, or when the dog used to be a little bit keen on other dogs or interested in other dogs, and instead it's decided to work with the owner. Yep. It's such a lovely thing when they see that dog has decided, like, actually, I'd rather work with you than see the other dog. And, and like you, one of my, my earlier learnings with that success of thing was my Bobby. Again, similar a bit to Lenny, but he was... Um, very funny about joggers and bikes you know especially and then also large intact males he used to chase joggers he used to chase bikes and we'd again like you with lenny we'd rescued um rehome bobby and um when this all start transpires the years of putting in now i can see a bike a jogger an intact male and bobby will look and then he looks back he makes the choice now to look back at me instead and says i'm going to naturally leave that and come to you you know that was a huge one for us because there was a point with that that was really stressful you know you have to mm -hmm. analyze constantly mm -hmm. like you probably did with lenny I did yeah. and emotionally that can take its toll on you that like you're going out and you walk going oh god what am i going to see what's going to happen and then now i don't even think about i've got to a stage with it i don't even scan anymore with him if i see it i'm actually not worried because i know he just goes Oh, I look back at you. I've got to that point. And that was such a, a massive milestone for me and him. And even Andrew, my Andrew, my other half, you know, that was a huge win. I mean, he wasn't one of them dogs that needed the the training of the sits, the downs, you know, the, the stand stuff. What he needed because he'd, where he'd come from was these lifestyle things, how to walk with you, how to be nice with you, how to connect with you, how to listen when environment, because the world at time for him was a little bit overwhelming. But now he's like the, the most, he's like my day off for a walk, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, isn't it? I think when you're in it at the moment, when, when you're trying to get the success, you can't always recognise that it's a journey and that these yes. things don't just happen magically. They, you're chipping away at it aren't you a little bit a little bit a little bit and then things get better and better over time and then all of a sudden you'll be like oh my god they can do that exactly exactly and it's it do you know what it is a journey but it's a journey that teaches you so much mm -hmm. you know it, it, it i i believe every dog that comes into our lives especially you know is there to teach us something is there to guide us for something is there in your life for a reason mm -hmm. and and every single one of mine and same with you as you know yep. has taught me something different because not one dog is the same absolutely yeah and I think the more you experience that you know in having different dogs the more you gain that knowledge and and it does help you inform your training we should mention also in terms of success uh, competition because you're now in competition yes. aren't you yes I am yes um so and thinking my about, journey has been sorry i was going to say in terms of your competition what elements of that would you consider successes to be 
Do you know what I find that for me with it competition, it's improving on your last performance. Mm -hmm. That for me is a win. That I I am improving on each time I'm going out. For me, they're little wins. That might be an area that you're weak on that didn't do well in the the competition last time, but you've improved in it next time. And the dog gets, you can see improvement. Don't get me wrong, there can be times you improve and improve because it's happened to me. And then you can have a right downfall because sometimes life or an experience can happen which can affect you and the dog in that particular competition. Yeah, we're going to talk you about know, that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, side. yeah, because I had a really, really dark day and I have been very honest about it with my clients um, out and about. I've been really honest with them um, my journey because I like people to know that even as trainers have dark days and even previous to my two Spaniels now, and Paula knows this quite well, I had a dog called Barry and I'm, I'm going to say the nickname. He was called Barry the Bastard. Now he, I had, I nearly quit my career because he was that challenging, didn't I, mate? It, yeah, you it, you certainly did a lot of work. Yeah, and I and I he's my leader for like what he built me resilience, I suppose, a little bit. But like he had such hard challenges, but through them dark days and you know when them little wins started to come in through persistent, because there was at a point where I just felt, kept feeling like we were both failing. And it was a really emotional time. Poor Paula was on the phone a lot with me. It's all right. And, um, I think you had it back in other ways. <laughs> yeah. um, it's all right, Tilly. It's all right. Um, Tilly's with me, my older girl. Um, so, yeah, so it was really difficult. And I slowly just stripped everything back. I broke everything down and I slowly built up. And the little wins by the little days made such a difference. And... That's what led me to go into, obviously, with these two into competition because I felt capable that I could do that next step. So there's sort of so different like a... elements that could be a win there. I mean, for me, if I even get to the point where I can trial Aria, that will be a win for me, even if I can get us there. <laughs> get yes. us to a level exactly. where we have to take. I'll be, I'll, that'll be a win for me. And from there, just like you said, every little bit where we do a little bit better, I'll take that as a win. I'm happy with that. Um, of course, everyone wants to to win at some point. Um, different people have different levels of drive within that, I guess. But for me, the rosette's not an important thing. The being placed isn't an important thing. It's the journey. However, I'm not dissing anyone who does think rosettes are great because, let's face it, everybody probably does think rosettes are great. So for those people that are really driven towards gaining their placements, that would be their successes, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And and the biggest thing I always tell people when it comes to if you're doing competition or um, anything, especially in, our, in my world in the gun dog is do not suffer your dog for silverware. That's the first mm -hmm. thing I say to them. Yep. So you must put your relationship before the silverware. And that's what I do. I And, and I also say don't expect to go out and win off the bat. Take it as a journey because... Your dog has to gain the same experience you have to gain. Mm. It doesn't matter how much hours you're going to put. The actual tr the actual competition turn up is a very different picture to your training picture. So this dog has to learn that experience on the go. You, it's so hard to replicate. You can do your best to add as many elements as possibly in, but on the day it's going to be different. You don't know what dogs are there. You don't know what judges are there. You don't know what people are there. You don't know the environment you're going to be in if your dog's even ever been exposed to it. And you have to just 
teach that dog to learn. And I can see how Sid is gaining experience in these mm. um, fields, getting used to. And I've done little things where it will help him. But he has to gain as well. But I've always said to people, if at any point I feel like it will affect my relationship with any of my dogs, I will not do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. And also the other thing that needs to grow and develop as you compete is the handler because there's yes. no way you wouldn't feel worried, stressed, oh. anxious, excited, trepidatious, all those sorts of adrenaline fuel behaviours yourself, which is going to make you behave differently in that scenario and we all care about our training so learning to manage your emotions is a really important part of success also isn't it it is and you have to you have to be as feel as ready as you can so at the moment when after like oh no we'll get into it later when i had a bad run with sid i've took sid away a bit to give him a break and to just strip some stuff back to build him back up again because I thought I'm not going to keep throwing him in when we've had a bad run actually I need to just go away and sit back and reflect on that and take a bit of time because I don't put a pressure on a timeline on what I need to achieve and when I need to achieve it and I also want to feel myself mentally prepared and if he's strong and flying I will be confident with him mm-hmm. if I feel there's certain areas in my training that's not strong and could affect the day of the competition that's not going to affect me mentally well. And that's what happened on the last one. So, you know, I am also, as Paula knows, and some others know that I'm on a bit of a self-development to make me mentally stronger for competition through a little bit of outside support and some stuff I'm reading into. Because when it comes to a higher level of training like this, you, you do need as much help as you can get. You can't do this on your own. So... And it's like that with even your basic dog training. That's why we have you have us dog trainers. We're there to help those who might find if it gets more challenging um, as you go on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that 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 part of our job is to show that it's possible. Um, so I, I think some people don't believe they can achieve certain things. You need to you need to have that self belief in order to carry out the work, don't you? Otherwise, you're just not going to be motivated to do it absolutely absolutely and you must look after yourself and that's the biggest thing i've got to say you've got to look after yourself and we're going to talk about that shortly aren't we shall we hop yeah. over the fence into the failure camp now and have a chat i don't even yes. like the word but i was like why don't i like no. saying the word but let's just use the word it's fine sometimes things don't work out that's life <laughs> so i've said the word failure let's talk about what that might mean in terms of dog training well we've highlighted when behaviors work that's success so when behaviors don't work for me sometimes that's failure or is it because actually sometimes it's just feedback yeah i love the feedback (laughs) i thought you'd like that you know that's my favorite (laughs) had to slide it in there um so i think certainly if you put a lot of physical and emotional effort into training to go and compete You've got to travel there. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you a lot of time. The amount of rings you've gone through, hoops you've jumped through to get your dog to that standard to compete, I imagine it would be very difficult not to feel like you've failed if you were doing something really well and it didn't work out on the day. Do you want to make comment about any of that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, as you well know, shall I mention about yeah, my story it. with Sid? I think we should. Yeah. Um, I had that day, and um, I, said, I said to myself, I said, I think I feel like I have to hit hard, me, to like to see. Like I, this is what I gained from that day. Anyway, the first thing I'm going to say is, through despair, I gain clarity. No, I'm not so suggesting that suits everybody, but for me, that's what happened. But me and Sid. Um, had a really big competition and you might have heard me talking about it on the la- uh, last podcast coming up and I was really excited but the week leading up to Cape Thorne um, I just got off holiday the week before and in hindsight I probably should have pulled Sid out because the week leading up to him he was all over the show in training. Now internally I think Sid, because Sid is not an obvious emotions in his demeanor but I think he internalizes a lot of emotions and he was exploding a lot in training not with noise just this like bog off like I don't know he was just ragging me around everywhere I was just like what is going on but in reflection because I was so fixated on the competition I forgot of the whys before it I was just so fixated I'll go worrying about oh my god what is going on here instead of just right well let's have a look and let's sorting this out now because we need this right for the weekend instead what i should have took into account was i had left him for the first time ever in his life for a whole week mm. and where jimmy came back and was just straight on the money with training like nothing had ever happened sid had probably internalized and suppressed his real emotion of being away even though he was happy where he was the th- because we're so close me and sid and we've been through a lot already i think what was happening was he was all this stress he'd been internalising was starting to spill out into his training. Mm. And me, on reflection, was so worried about the Saturday instead of instead of going, this is because I've been away, you know. And also, on reflection as well, there was a few areas that I'd let slide in, which I'd said to you, where simple things of, um, because I'd been fixating on my tasks, getting to... I need to get to hunting, need to get to this, need to get... In between, just simple things like walking nice and late. I was just marching Sid everywhere and getting to the task in hand mm. instead of going, what is actually happening leading up to my exercise? What am I doing with Sid in between? So for Sid, there was no consistency of, well, you allow that, but you don't allow that. So, And I think accumulations of things happened on the day where he exploded. And I actually surprised him weirdly. I was, was quite calm on the day of competition, but I stupidly went into the... But I knew I had a bad week and I also failed myself, let alone Sid. Because I went in and I said to the judge, are you ready to be entertained? Like I doubted myself because I thought I didn't feel confident and I shouldn't have put that in my headspace. Mm. It wasn't fair on Sid and it wasn't fair on me. And as soon as we started, like everything went up. We didn't even finish the course because look, I know the judge and I said, and she said, let's stop. And I agreed with her because Sid had just had it gone. Not out of like thing, he just wasn't, he hadn't have come down from that way. He wasn't ready in that moment emotionally. He wasn't ready for that pressure. And he, and he was still dealing with the fact that I'd left. And because I was feeling not confident from that week, it all just snowballed. And I'm not going to lie, as I walked off from the judge, I absolutely bawled into tears. And um, as I came out of the air competition, what was weird was one of my my um, look, my 
Diar clients was actually because I told a few of my clients to go to Cape Thorn and watch things, you know, because a few were interested in that side of the gun dog. So, and there he was, the lovely Nigel. I'll give him a shout out. And poor him, he'd come to bring some friends to meet me. Oh. And I was there on the floor in tears. And he'd come over his six foot self and give me a big bear hug and said, you know what, George, what do you always tell us? It's feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I thought in that moment it was lovely. And just from him being that support in that moment really changed how I felt. Because I'm not going to lie, I felt like, all them hours, I was like, I said to somebody, I said, do you know how many hours I work with this dog? Do you know how many hours I do on top of this dog as well as work? Do you know how many time I put into this commitment, money, driving around the country, train, the lot? And it just felt for nothing. But that was that was my emotional side talking in that moment. On reflection, I should have pulled him earlier on. There was a lot of things going on. Mm. So no wonder me and him failed, but because I was so driven to do it, I should have, you know, but on reflection, and that's why I've given that time away a little bit to give him and me a break from it and start and build up again. But definitely, I don't I think already... if you hadn't gone to that competition and had this scenario happen, I don't think you would have learned as much as you've learned in the last few weeks. No. So actually, I don't think you did agree. fail yourself or your dog. I think you put yourself in a position because you wanted to do it. And from that, you've learned a whole new load of stuff, which is actually going to make yeah. you an even better trainer because you're going to be dealing with people that have gone through something similar. Well, yeah. And what was lovely was one of the top Spaniel men in the country comes up to me who was running it as well and he's won everything and he said to me once he says I was in the Cocker Championships Georgia and my dog literally sodded off about four fields away and he said I couldn't get it back for no love of money this is one of the top trainers top handlers in the spaniel world and he says we've all been mm. there and I needed that in that moment you know Compared to his, mine was probably trivial, but to me at the time it wasn't. But what I did do is I still went back the day after and helped in the opens, and that made me recover as well. But my God, was my mind so clear of what the A, B and C's and what I needed to do and why I needed to do it and what was best for me and Sid. To so Sid, because the pro the thing is with Sid is he's an extremely talented dog. It's not like that dog gives everything and he's talented and... That otherwise if I didn't think he was I wouldn't you know I wouldn't I wouldn't put him through because there is a lot of pressure in that type mm. of training there is a lot of hours to it but I believe in my dogs I always have done and it, whatever their achievement is I've believed in them so it was like I stripped it all back and I'm taking it day by day as it comes but I just want everybody to hear that we also have them days Absolutely. where we're on our knees yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean I was on my knees so when you're having that challenge with your lead walker, when you're having that challenge with that dog chasing or whatever's going on, us trainers have our bad days as well. We are not, we're not robots and our dogs aren't robots and they don't come perfect because we're trainers because they're still an animal at the end of the day that will throw you something that you're not prepared for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a client say to me once, um, if she's listening, she'll know exactly who she is. And she, she said to me, I was really glad you used to bring Aria as a puppy to our puppy classes because I used to look across and think to myself, even though that woman is a dog trainer, it's still hard work. 
Yeah. You, the, the hard work doesn't stop. You just get better at dealing with it. <laughs> that's what I think. Yes. Yeah, that's it. You get, you do, you get, you do get better at dealing with it. And, and it also makes you sharper as a trainer. You've got to look at the fine detail mm. all the time. Mm. Because the detail is what affects... I always say to my life, if your foundations aren't solid and the detail in between is not solid, it will affect when you come to the more progressive stuff. Mm. Mm. It will. It will spill out. It will It will expose in a way that, you know, this is happening because people say A, B and C. And it's like when somebody gets out the car to me and they go, I want to work on... Uh, I, I want to this to prove, but then the dog's pulling them through my gate. Well, hang on, if that if the dog doesn't know that, if that's acceptable, but then you want to work on the flash stuff and they're struggling on that, when do they know when they're coming or going? And I think that's quite something that you need skill in as a trainer to, to give them the explanation as to why you can't progress it like that. That You know, I, I have the yeah. same sort of issues sometimes. Um, where people all want to work more on progressing their recall, but they haven't got connection. And their the, the yeah. basic recall isn't even conditioned. So we can't really go outside and start recalling off other dogs yet because you can't even recall in the hall. <laughs> we yeah. need to get that sorted. Yeah, so I guess absolutely. that could, I, I think that's, that's quite a big failure, the inability to recognise when something isn't working. You need to know yep. when something's yes. not working and stop doing it, don't you? <laughs> and change your yep. tactic and learn from it. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes you need someone else to say, look, what you're doing maybe isn't working that well. Yeah, and in, and it, and another thing you need to remember with dog training, it's okay to go back to basics. It's okay to go back three, four, five, six. How many other steps you and that dog need? that's okay because I feel like people feel like the failure when they're going back but everything changes doesn't it the environment changes the dog's development changes um something might have happened that set you back I always say if if the dog can't do it you must go back a stage because they're asking you for help they're finding it hard for some reason they're not normally sticking two fingers up at you as if to say I don't want to do that today that dogs aren't really like that (laughs) absolutely and one of the common ones we hear is they know it, but do they know it in this situation? That's yeah. That's is it exactly strong that. in this yeah. environment? Is it strong? Because when people get, I see it a lot. You must get it as well. Well, they usually know it. They know it. I've talked, but do they know it in that situation? And have you been consistent with it for them? Like you're saying, they know it. Are you consistent? With and it? even if you have been, do they know it today when they're having a testosterone yes. spike or something yes. like that? Adolescent dogs are a really good example. People do some incredible work when they're puppies and into adolescence. And then all of a sudden your dog forgets how to sit. And you're like, what the hell's yeah. happened? I had it with Aria in yeah. class. She just sort of looked at me blankly as if to say, what on earth does that mean? And I thought, <laughs> But I used it as like, <laughs> I just said to everyone, this is what adolescence looks like. I'm not immune to it just because I'm a dog trainer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I that is so weird. You said that I had it with Jimmy the other day. I was like, um, I actually brought him out in the class. I said, look, I will see how he gets. So I was very honest. I said, but I've noticed a few things have gone backwards with Jimmy, but he is now at fourteen months, mm. so his testosterone is full on kicking in, and I could see a few things that used to be sharp on. I've gone out the window, but then I've also gone one. I think it's hormones. Two, hmm, have I let that slide yep. as well? Yep. But I do think a lot of it is his hormones but again 
well, even with the hormones, I have to plug away a bit. But what I am is very careful with what I do with him. Why? He, and if he's struggling or something's not working, sometimes I put him away for 10 minutes and then come back to it, let him have a bit of time of breathing. He's doing it with me on hunting a couple of times, didn't listen to turn whistle. So I went, you know what, let's stop. Because he was getting wide away from me. And this is when, when I'm talking about when I'm hunting, for those who don't know. And I said, you know what, let's stop. I'm going to put you in the car for about 20 minutes. And I brought Sid out and said, when I brought him out again later, he then could, pro he obviously did process what had gone on and then came out a lot better, a lot sharper. Instead of me trying to bang on him or get angry mm. or get frustrated, I just went, let's take a break, mate, because I think you're struggling. Yeah. So we, so we sort of agreed that success is where improvement occurs and failure yeah. is where something goes wrong and we're not knowing how yeah. to make it go right. So we're sort of lost. And so what about you, Paula? What about yours? What, not just mine, but what has been something that has been very poignant for you, if you want to say a big feedback moment with your dogs? I, um, I think when... Hmm, I think particularly with Aria, I've, one of the things I've recognised now is I wanted her to be able to do everything in terms of yeah. come to class and be my demo dog, which obviously requires a lot of steadiness, a lot of um, being able to remain calm, but also learn my herding stuff, which is very movement-triggered stuff. Um, it, it's quite adrenaline fueled at times. Although I've done all the steadiness and impulse control stuff at the side of that, her makeup and who she is means that that's the classroom situation isn't right for her. That's that's the sort of epiphany I've had recently. She'll come and she'll do yeah. some stuff if I'm working her, but it's not fair for me to have her in that scenario while I'm trying to teach. So I've changed how I do things different. She still comes to class sometimes to work if if we're in a practice session and we're working because I think it's good for her to be around that. But I no longer have these expectations that she needs to do that job and the other job because I don't think they sit too well together. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not failure, I don't think. Uh, I, when no. she wasn't, when she was barking a lot in class, I viewed that as failure actually, because I was like, my dog ought not to be barking. <laughs> but actually, yeah, and she was just saying she was struggling. Yeah, I'm struggling that was, in that scenario. Again, it was feedback. Yeah. So, so what I've decided is, I'm going to carry on with the journey that we're on, and see how she gets on with that, and I'm going to work more steadiness in and work her in that environment when it's calmer. In a more in a, in a scenario yeah. she can cope, but my expectations of her are different. And of course, what that does mean is that I'm going to need to get another dog <laughs> that can work in class. So that's a bit. <laughs> oh, of a butter, what a shame! <laughs> what a shame! Oh no! There will be another dog. Another dog. Point, oh. But, um, I do. Yeah, we. I think you, you you can try and do too much ex all at once, especially with a young dog. So I think for her, it yeah. would be good for us to stick to what we're doing and not try and be this and, all singing, all dancing, all at once. She's only two. She's, I don't think she's going to be really out of adolescence for another year yet. No. I, I agree. I think, I, think two is, I think two is seen as a benchmark for people. Oh, it's going to be an adult now. But actually, I, I believe it more ticks over to three. And I know some people will be frightened by that. But 
the reality is they are still developing it too. Um, but what I liked about what you've just said there is you listened to Aria, you listened to her and said, this isn't working and I don't want it to affect me and you and what suits you better. And that's what we've always got to remember, isn't it? It's, it's what suits that dog, you know, what is it's we might have our goals, mm. but we must make sure they align with the dog. Yeah, definitely. And I think being able to see that and adjust what your what your wants were, what your what you wanted the dog to do, adjust that expectation. And actually, things are a lot better for both of us now. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. So so I guess that's that's one of them. There was the obvious failure that I had once when she was adolescent. She hadn't really switched on to sheep when she was young and I was getting a bit concerned that she wouldn't be keen on them and I was like, Oh, she's not bothered by them, oh this isn't gonna work out. Yeah, I remember that. Maybe got a little bit nonchalant about things. Um and I had bought her her own sheep and they were in a special field away from the other sheep. And uh, just one day, I was going to do an engagement exercise at the gate to centre um, Barb. And uh, I set the camera up, and then all of a sudden, she just went whoop, under the fence. And I whoa, what's that? And then <laughs> started chasing the sheep, her sheep, uh, my, my, our sheep. And uh, so I recalled her, and she didn't recall. And that is the only time she hasn't recalled. And I thought, whoa, what do I do? So luckily, I'm. No, not to bother repeating it while she was in that state. So I shouted stop and she laid down and then I told her to stay and I got to her and I released her and I rewarded her because actually she did a brilliant stop. She did a brilliant stay and that's my bad for not sorting my fencing out. But at least, you know, that was actually really good feedback in the end because it meant she'd switched on. So I was like, oh, this everyone's a winner. The video that I sent Barb was ridiculous though because my phone just fell on the floor and... (laughs) I didn't oh, have no. any footage, so that was a failure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, failure can come in all... It can be a failed recall. It can be your dog having a reaction if you've been working on reactivity. There's so many examples we could yeah. share like that. But if yeah, you flip yeah, yeah. it on its head and start thinking of it as feedback, that would be really helpful, yeah. which sort of links us yeah, to yeah, the yeah. next bit of the topic, which is all around the emotional side to this for us. Yes. So yeah. being and able is- to see it objectively when you put yes. so much physical time and effort into yeah. it is not always easy is it <laughs> no <laughs> it's not and i like i said i some people like some people know but i i also have a therapist right and i pour her i think she gets more training dog training conversations than she actually does dealing with me but i suppose it's my deal but um but yeah i i like i say to her and i always say to you you know it can take an emotional toll on and as trainers or as, as handlers when things are really challenging but we sometimes have to reflect on the bigger picture with our emotions how are we feeling that day when we go out and train you know what's gone on in our life as well as the dog's life that could be affecting the training and emotion can is a big thing whether it's what you feel after you've done your training how you felt or before you've even gone in yeah some days mentally. don't train definitely <laughs> yes that's a big one some days just i did walk it the other away. day again i did it the other day i was like i was not in a good headspace i can't remember what got me but i was not in a good headspace because sometimes we all have our ups and mm-hmm. down days and i know i always admit to people i'm an emotional being at times and um i was not having a don't know just not feeling on my best form and i don't know what and guess what me and the boys performed absolutely piss poor and I said to the boys, I'm sorry. I actually said it to them when I, 
got and I brought them home. I said, I shouldn't have took you out, lads. The next day, the same exercise as I was doing. We smashed because yeah. we in a better yeah, headspace. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, we used to say but this all the time with my horse. Don't sit on your horse if you're having a bad day because it's just not going to end Absolutely. well and then you are going to fail. So again, that's knowing how to regulate your own emotions. But I do I do get yes. it, like, you put so much effort in, so much time, and then something doesn't go right. But there's no point getting cross about it because the minute you get cross about it with your dog, you've lost the battle because you're already eroding your relationship and and it's not the dog's not going to learn. You need to stop and think. And if you can't manage your emotions, just end the session. I know we're meant to end on a high, but if you're already that wound up, how's that going to happen? Yeah, and there are going to be days you're gonna you're gonna feel like that. And and sometimes we probably there's an element I think people go out and training in a bad headspace mm. is pressure, like you just said. It is pressure. It's like, oh my God, I've got to fixate on this time. I've only got this amount of time. I need to, but actually, I'm actually really exhausted today. Work's been a lot. This has been a lot. Should I really go out? Like, I've took the weekend off this weekend. Yesterday, I literally just walked the boys and played with them. I thought, I, I, even in my head, though, I said, I've got two days I could train that. I went, I actually need a break. Mm. The boys have been working t- solid with me for two weeks because they come to work with me everywhere. And I went, you know what, boys, we're just going to play. We are just going to play around in the park. We like playing in water, pissing around on the bloody grass with them, letting them jump all over me. There was no element of any training, bar a little bit of recall and a bit of throwing and stuff and a bit of steadiness. But in play, it was all just fun. And like today, I've just given them literally a whole day of doing nothing but a couple of chews and sleeping. Mm. And they've had a little play with themselves. But I was like, you're having a day off today because I want them to recover. That's another thing. And it's like... But because I wasn't 100% wanting to train this weekend and I also thought I value it to my dogs and I value it to myself to look after ourselves, let's just do nothing this weekend but have fun and relax. And I think that's part of being successful. Successful people know how to regulate things. You know, we've got to learn to regulate ourselves and our sessions with our dogs and watch what's going on and adjust it accordingly. So if things are going wrong, I mean, I know this answer, but I'm asking you because the people listening, they don't know the answer to this. If something goes wrong, Georgia, how do you deal with it? Well, what I do is if something's going wrong, I go back and reflect. I'm a big reflector. Um... But I definitely make sure I don't just reflect. I still do. Because sometimes people can reflect or not do. Like this weekend, even though I've had time off, I've been sort of noting down little training plans and elements that I need to build with the dogs, you know, with my own dog. So it's like, because I'm on this um, since my, let's say, fall from grace. No, it wasn't a fall from grace at all. It was a day of fall of feedback. Um I am trying to make sure my structure in my training is clear. Now, one of the biggest things I've been doing recently with mine, and I used to do, but I started to, through competition, I started to go putting too many things in a training session. Now, I specifically work on one subject. I don't veer from, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to, oh, you're going to do blinds here, but I'm going to do hunting, I'm going to do this all in one session. I go, right, if I'm doing hunting, that is all I'm doing in that session. That is it. That's my focus. And and I also, in between that, from getting from the car to the session, to whatever we're doing, to the hunting, to the retrieving, I make sure my dog is working with me, we are connected, we are calm, and that we don't build patterns in the thing. We just work on that solely. So I just go, this is all I'm doing, is putting tennis balls down and you're putting your nose down. That is it. And we're working together. 
and then I put him away or her away or whoever away and say that is it done and we'll come back and I might come on in a couple of hours I might go I've got another thing I want to work on but I work on that so and I have found that is makes your training so much easier than trying to do a million one things once when you're out because a lot of people do it on a walk they throw everything at the dog and actually is that successfully learning that dog and that's what I like that reflection I look at it when it goes wrong I go okay let's let's look at that picture when it's gone wrong what went wrong why did it go wrong and what am I going to do about it and how can I break it down for that dog to make it easier is that method as well working for mm-hmm. that dog Absolutely. I mean, I, and that's what... you're just describing all the steps that I would describe about how we would make improvement happen. So everything that goes wrong is your feedback. You'd reflect yeah. on that. You'd make a plan. But also you'd recognise when something isn't working. Those are all the things I'd think about if some, if I wanted to improve. Absolutely. I think having a support Absolutely. network is, is important as well. People trusted that you can talk yes. through... Um, so like you and I if something goes wrong I know if you ring me daytime after the morning sessions if you ring me lunchtime onwards I know there's something that we need to discuss because <laughs> you don't normally yes. ring me at that always. time and you're the same with me aren't we so if the phone rings at that point it's it's always answered what's happened <laughs> something like yes that. absolutely absolutely and I I don't think I could do my journey without the likes of you and my other supporting trainer friends, you know. I really don't because, and it's just like that with my clients, we are their biggest support. Absolutely, yeah. I have had clients every day message me their successes, their lows, their highs, what can we do to do this? And I always say to my clients, you're not alone now. As soon as they start with me, and especially if they've got a child, I said, you're not alone, mm. I'm here to help you, and I will answer you. If I'm not with you in person, I will do my best to get to you as quick as I can. Definitely. It's not just about that session, is it? It's not just about that face-to-face session. There's the emails, the WhatsApp. Um, And that's why I like to I say to my clients, please send me video in of you working because people want to see your successes. And at the start of every group, I'll always start the group by saying, who's got stories for me? And each little group becomes their own support network and they can then go and practice together. And I like that. That's like a little community. They've all got their own WhatsApp groups. It's good. Um, So I think having some people you trust is, is essential. Yeah, and, and and it's so strange you do it. So I do it after class. What I do is I go every time after my group sessions with them, I go, and this is with my regulars who have the regular groups, um, I go, what are your wins and what is your feedback from the session? So then we have like a wash-up at the end. Mm-hmm. So people talk about, I'm really pleased with the dog did that, and oh, that is a bit of feedback, that needs work. And they go, actually, then, then what happens is they go, I'm going to go and work away on the feedback. I'm really pleased with that. Oh, Georgia, I might be seeing you for a one-to-one. And they usually do turn up to a one-to-one and go, right, George, you know the feedback from that. Can we work on that? Mm. Or how would we deal with it? And it's and it's so lovely to watch them discuss it all. But what's nice is is the support, like you said, they've got like a little family with each other where they talk to each other and go, oh, I've been there. This is what I did. And then you become a whole discussion. And I think, and especially like one, what was quite interesting the other day was... Um, my HPR group, which they have their right ups and downs because the HPR breeds, the Hunt Point Retrievers, are not the easiest breeds. Mm. You've come across yep, and you yep, know yep. this. And what's lovely, um, all my groups do it, but this particular group really can have some serious challenges with them high prey drive dogs. 
And I love the banter between them. They're like, oh, mine did it. Ten fields, mate. Ten fields, gone. And they're like, oh, did yours point on a bird for ten hours? Yeah, mine did it too. And they have this awesome relationship where they they actually put in there, because I have private WhatsApp groups for each of their groups, and they went, somebody put the other day, it was lovely, she put, I love that I'm with like-minded people who understand what they have. Yeah. Because it can be, they said, when we were previous before the training, it was so lonely with these challenging dogs. But now I now they have people with the same similar breeds. They don't feel alone, which is actually pulls up their training because they feel like if they've seen one other with that similar breed do it, they believe they can achieve it, which makes such a difference. And that's super helpful, isn't it? Because that they know the breed themselves and they're seeing it's possible. Because when something's not working, you can get so caught up in a loop that it won't work, that it won't work then, because you're not really going to do the work. So um, I'm really lucky. I've got a couple of progression groups and you get the pups coming up into them that have done a, a course or you get some of the adult beginners sliding across and but there's always one or two members in there that have been in there for a while maybe because the time suits them maybe because they've got multiple dogs um or maybe because they're not just ready to go into advance yet but I love having that mixed ability in the group because when we're when I'm doing the exercises differently for the different levels the ones that have just come up come up can watch over the other people and like their jaws drop and then the people handling will go my dog wouldn't do this six months ago they used to do x y and Z. so it's nice for them Absolutely. to see the journey so I think your support work is is like invaluable it's invaluable um so yeah and, and it's and it's invaluable for dog I find that in my especially my regular group when that young that dog that's coming ready to move up to that more advanced group but not quite where the advanced group is the dog also learns a lot of social learning mm, oh yeah totally yeah so that's like an experience for that dog in itself or it's part of its learning. Like I've got a young Goldie just joined my retriever group and because the retriever group at level, he's an adolescence. But what was so interesting was what the first couple of times he was a bit like, oh, and then he started to learn that, oh, oh, I'm a bit, I need to be a bit calmer here. They're not doing that. And you could see him learning socially mm. as well as his training. And he started to just copy the others. It was fascinating to watch, but... But that guy as well, he was like, they were all saying, I remember a couple of my clients going, don't worry, when we first started, we were just like that. And now look, he said, trust me, it will get better. And that guy, you could see his motivation growing and because he was learning friends and the dog was growing in this group. It's just amazing to watch. I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, So should we sum up then? Because that's been yeah. a, that's been a lot today. That's I knew it would be quite a big topic. This though, it's been good. So we've talked about yeah. We've actually done very well on this topic because we've got probably a million one stories to tell. But I'm suppose they will come into other topics. Yeah, and anyway, I think actually so. if we just list all the successes and failures, I think people will just be like, "Give us some tips, you guys." <laughs> yeah absolutely Um, so we've talked a bit about what success could be and all the different levels of success we've looked at what could be considered failure we've also talked about how to deal with it and how we make improvement but you know when people are listening to this if if they do want to make comment in in the um in the facebook group or even drop us an email please do because we're interested to hear what what's going on for you and don't be scared to reach out for help if you need help, that's not no. failure. That's how things get better. No, 
that's that's actually the best step you can do is reach for help. Mm-hmm. That is the best step you can do because there'll be somebody there ready to mentor you, the right person. Find the right person as a mentor, whether that a trainer, a friend, or whoever mm-hmm. you're working with that dog, and the right person. That can be a game changer. And it's and I, like I said, me and Paul are very fortunate. We've got fabulous mentors around mm. us still now that I think keep us going. So find your people, find your group. I know that sounds daft, but it's not. It, it's help is a big thing and I think you should never be shy of asking for help in anything because there'll definitely be days where you just feel like giving up we've all had those days yeah and lonely and you just need that person to have the right few words in your ear and you'll be back on your feet in no time (laughs) so ask for help if you need it absolutely all right, well, we're going to sign out for now, but we'll be back. We've got, oh, I forgot to say, yeah, we've got a really exciting... Yeah, must mention it. Go for Man it. Man alive. Don't How forget. Did I, forget I know that? what you're doing, woman. Good Lord. So next episode's quite a big one. Um, we're very excited uh, to announce that Barb Bookmeyer will be coming on and she's going to be talking about her new game, her new book called Enrichment Games for High Energy Dogs. Um, it's a fantastic book and it'll be useful to so many of you um i'm actually going to be doing some work with her on that i'm helping her with her facebook page i'm going to be doing a little bit of video and guess what if you look really closely in the book when it comes out you might even find a picture of me and aria in it oh it's exciting so yeah that'll be can i get a signed copy from you (laughs) i think it's barb that ought to be signing that book and not me well both of you you can sign your picture and barb can sign um, so yeah keep your eyes peeled for the next podcast announcement um because we're going to be giving you a date probably towards the end of august yeah perfect and i'm so excited by this i i you know i've I absolutely love watching the world of herding and working and, and how obviously you what you've told me about Barb and I'm really looking forward to um, asking a few questions from a total sport that I have like no knowledge of but bar through you. Um, so I'm really excited for this one. So um, it should be really good. And I think it be it will, I'm just saying this as well, it'd be beneficial for everybody. So Yeah, definitely. Really I mean, the, the beauty that of one. that book is it's... Um, it's enrichment games for all dogs so it's not her herding books focus on the herding but this book is is much more accessible to all so we'll talk more about it on the time because i don't want to give too much away if you wanted to join her facebook page though bob across and join it it, she's already got an enrichment games for high energy dogs facebook page okay um so say that again what was the name of it again enrichment how many times am i going to say enrichment games for high energy dogs so there's a new facebook page up um and content is starting to build now fabulous well i know i'm in it so get in it guys for everybody all right well thanks for your time georgia it's lovely to speak to you and you too mate have a lovely uh couple of weeks speak to you in a few weeks signing out for now to it (laughs) cheerio bye for now Bye. bye